everybody and welcome to another edition of Finally Girl. I'm your co-host Michael. I've been around the horror block once or twice. And I'm Eliza and I've seen a few of those horror movies. Today we're talking John Lannis's An American Werewolf in London. We sure are. How are you doing Michael? How was your week? Oh it was okay I guess. Nothing exciting happened. No why? Something exciting happened with you? No. Started a new job. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. Well, that's good. Congratulations, you know. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's it. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't give you, a, like, a can ovation. Yeah, I, I, w- I preferred you to stand, but... I think <laughs> sitting and fake clapping is good enough for me. What do you mean fake? How it was do like you a little golf clap. clap. Like a, the, you can't like fake golf clap. clapping for Tiger Woods. I didn't like add the in the sound hole. effect of clapping. I clapped. It can't be a fake clap. <laughs> okay. Hopefully Diane will be better this week. Yeah, I hope so. We might not have that many uh, cat noises in the background. I gave her some extra treats. So I hope it would just tire her out. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too. She's an animal. She sure is. Literally. Literally. All right, so an American werewolf in London. Yeah. What year is it from? 1981. 1981, okay. Were you expecting? Was this the movie you were expecting? Yeah. Did you expect it to be funny? No. No? This is exactly what I was expecting. I mean, it it is a comedy. Do you not think it was funny? (laughs) You didn't laugh a lot. No, I didn't think it was funny at all. I didn't know it was supposed to be funny. What? It was supposed to be funny. I mean, like the scene when they're in like the porno theater. Oh yeah, hilarious. well that was fun. I, I I mentioned that in my notes. The cops, the inspector, like the the detectives. Yeah. You didn't pick up at all that it was a comedy. No, I just thought it was a normal like horror movie with little tiny light light laughs. I honestly did not think it was gonna like it was a comedy at all. Oh God. Well, I guess that. Oh, I guess we're gonna have a rough podcast then. Why? <laughs> you didn't know it was a comedy <laughs> at all. That's not my fault. That's the movie's I guess, fault. I guess. I guess so. <laughs> I mean. We'll preface this with I was really tired when we watched this movie, but even so, I didn't get the hint that it was supposed to be a comedic movie. The banter between David and like Jack. Oh yeah, well that was fun. Jack coming back. But that really did just seem like a regular horror movie. What do you mean by a regular horror movie? I don't know what that. Like a lot of horror movies have like. What constitutes a regular horror movie? Like. Any generic horror movie has little, like, light jokes. Sure. You didn't think this one had more jokes than usual? No. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) All right. Unless they just went all over my head. Did you like this movie? No. I didn't think so. No, not really. Why not? Uh... I don't know. I thought it was boring. What was boring about it? I thought, like, the story. It's a simple story, well, but they, I don't think it's really. 
they like tried to go into the backstory of the werewolves, but then they didn't really fully get there. And then they tried to do the whole nurse and David thing, and that I mean, was really weird. I don't really give a shit about the nurse at all. Yeah, it was boring. I don't really care about. It. I just think it's like a party movie, you know, like the the music really gets you going. The dream yeah, like sequences the are a lot of fun. Yeah, I. The nurse, like the, she's just kind of like a, a means to an end, I guess. Yeah, I felt like that whole character was kind of outside of the hospital was useless. I was like, why do we have this woman who's fallen in love with this kid from America that she's n- like unprofessionally brought back to her apartment after he wakes up from a coma? Um, what, what, what was the point of that? I don't know. It felt, it felt unneeded, but maybe he, they needed to get him out of the hospital to become a werewolf. It was probably the best thing that Landis could come up with, I'm assuming. It, yeah. It, like I said, it was boring. Uh, the only parts I really liked was when Jack came back from the dead. I liked the porno, f- uh, theater. That was fun. But besides that. Well, I think the movie really picks up. From the transformation scene on. Yeah. Okay. How'd you like the transformation? I mean, that's the best part of the movie. Yeah. That's like, that's some of the best special effects makeup and work of all time. I thought the makeup was really good in this movie. I thought the werewolf even looked better than, I know we just did Trick or Treat a couple of weeks ago. The transformation of him turning into a werewolf was a million times oh, better yeah. than those girls turning into werewolves. Yeah. And that's, you know, 25 years prior uh, to Trick or Treat. So I thought that was great. And the makeup they did for uh, Jack, the yeah. dead friend, was fantastic. I liked how he kept getting progressively more decomposed. Yeah, no, it's great. I love at the beginning, the first time he sees him in the hospital, his throat is yeah all mangled. torn up. Yeah, mangled. He's got claw marks across his face. Nice mm-hmm. detail. Yeah, great work. Great. The exposed teeth and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the jaw. That was so cool. And then he progressively gets like zombified. Yeah, he he looks like a zombie. Yeah, the special effects work was done by Rick Baker. Uh, he has been nominated 13 times and won seven times for the makeup Best Makeup Award in the Oscars. Wow, is he still around? He's retired because okay. he's said that movies have more so relied on cgi now mm, I, I definitely agree with that statement well yeah obviously we i love the art of like movie makeup I, in middle school i did theater classes and we were taught how to do like stage makeup and special effects like that it was so much fun i mean i always i mean nine i shouldn't say always nine eight nine times out of ten i prefer practical effects to cgi yeah and especially for 1981 i thought it looked great i don't think there's a better looking werewolf in cinema 
not, not that, that I've seen. Yeah, <laughs> but I thought it was great. Yeah, and I liked his. I liked the transformation a lot. Um, because in folklore it says that like werewolves break every bone in their body when they turn, and I think that was pretty. Yeah. What about the sound? I love the sound oh, yeah. effects. Like the, you can hear the bones like elongating. Mm-hmm. The bubbling of the spine. That's what gets me. Like oh god, so that's, cool. that's disgusting. Oh, I love it. It's so disgusting. It's so cool. And I liked his face. The way his face turned. That was fantastic. The only thing I will say about the werewolves that I hated, or I guess, yeah, yeah, I hated it, um, was when they were howling. The howling and the growling sounded so weird, so distorted. I compared it to, like, shooting a deer and a deer not dying. And it was, it's just like screaming on the ground. That's what the howling sounded like. It did not sound like wolves howling. And the growling was like, I can't even mimic how the growling was. It was awful. I don't have an issue with it. I thought it was awful. They could have gotten like a dog howling. It would have sounded way better. I don't know, but I don't want a dog. I want it to sound like different from like a wolf or a dog. The werewolf. This one sounded like this. I, I can't do it. You'll have to try and find a sound to insert here of uh, what the wolf howling sounded like. Because we'll it, was, it was interesting. If not, go and see this movie and you'll understand what I'm talking about. It's pretty bad. Listen. Do you hear it? Must go to them. I heard nothing. Not I. So, going back to Rick Baker, this movie won an Oscar for Best Makeup, and it was actually the first year that they instituted that award. And the Oscars? Yeah, yeah. Because the year prior elephant man had come out and people were like this should be rewarded in some way and they decided to make finally make a best makeup award after that i didn't realize they didn't have that before and it's funny because horror does not get a lot of love from the academy but even like they couldn't snub their noses at that scene at least that scene but yeah baker like i said He's been nominated 13 times. He won seven Best Makeup Awards. He won in 1988 for Harry and the Hendersons. He won in 1995 for Ed Wood. He won in 1997 for The Nutty Professor. He won in 98 for Men in Black. So there's like three out of four years right there where he won. Some other notable movies he's done, which is I think is his best work outside of this movie, Videodrome. A David Cronenberg movie. He did John Carpenter's Escape from L.A. He did Men in Black 1 through 3. Why? He also did the makeup on Michael Jackson's Thriller music video. Oh, cool. Because Michael Jackson liked this movie so much that he wanted the director and like the special ma- special effects makeup guy to do the music video. And there actually were, there were quite... Baker and the director John Landis had several disagreements over the design of how the werewolf should look. Baker wanted it to be two-legged, saying he thought of werewolves as, you know, like standing upright, you know. Really? Two-legged. I never pictured a werewolf like that. 
Landis wanted like a four-legged yeah but that's how I feel like they've been drawn before in folklore and and old stories and stuff I always pictured it like a like a bigger wolf I I always think I see I kind of agree with Baker really with two legs because even like going back to like like the wolf man like he's on he's the wolf man. he's on two legs <laughs> like i think a werewolf is part human part yeah part person so like i think they're gonna stand upright no yeah no i i just picture much bigger which i guess with is, a higher spine which pretty I much guess, exactly like they had him in which is movie. i guess why you think he should howl like an actual wolf or a dog yeah but even even so, the howling that they have in this movie didn't even sound human. It sounded like a wounded deer. I don't know about that. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> what do you know about John Landis, the director? I have never heard of him before. Really? You've never heard of him? No. What's he been in? Well, he's a director. Um, or, uh, sorry. No. What, what has he done before, <laughs> I should say? No, I'm sorry. He directed The Blues Brothers, which is apparently yeah. one of your favorite movies. It's that's my dad's favorite musical. But yeah. yeah. You told me the other day, last week actually, that, was that one The of Blues your, Brothers was one of your favorite, like top 10 favorite movies. I don't remember saying that. It's definitely not in my top 10 favorite movies. <sighs> now <you're laughs> I don't remember Do saying you, that. Do you even enjoy The Blues Brothers? I love The Blues Brothers. It's not my top 10 <laughs> favorite movies, it's probably top 15. <laughs> His first big feature was Schlock. Uh, well, his first feature was Schlock. Animal House was where he kind of had... It was his breakout. Oh, he did Animal House, yeah, too. Okay. Yeah. Another John Belushi joint. Yeah. He also directed Trading Places with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Why do yeah. I not know this guy's name? These are great. Well, I'm going to drop a bomb on you here in a oh second. Oh, God. He also directed... <laughs> He also directed Coming to America. Okay. So did yeah. he do the Coming to America two or whatever? It is? No, no. Okay. He's. Uh, you'll find out shortly why he doesn't really work that much anymore. Oh God. <laughs> and I don't. I'm gonna bring this up because I don't know if we're ever gonna cover John Landis again because he doesn't. He's not done a lot of horror movies. So. You don't know anything about the Twilight Zone movie incident then at all. <laughs> no. Oh no. Especially when you bring up Landis's name nowadays, this is usually what gets brought up by somebody, especially online. They remember, or they talk about the incident which resulted in the deaths of three people, two of whom were children. Oh, no. Actor Vic Morrow, who's actually the father of Jennifer Jason Lee. Does that ring a bell to you at all? Mm-mm. Well, great actress. What was she in? It's in all kinds of stuff. Move on, then, I guess. Can't think of anything you would know off the top of my head. What about our audience? I mean, Twin Peaks The Return. Okay. She's <laughs> I just thought you didn't know what she was in. No, I didn't. <laughs> That's why you were going to tell me. I'm like, well, be, you know, we're not talking just to me. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, that incident killed three people, two of whom were children <laughs> and actor Vic Morrow. The children... Micah Dinley, Micah Dinley, who was seven years old, and oh. Renee Shin Lee, who was six years old at the time. Oh my god! 
Sorry folks, I gotta issue a correction here. The name of the six-year-old is Renee Shin Yi Chen. Now let's get back to the episode. It was a scene where that called for Vic Morrow to pick up these two children, come out of this village and kind of go across, well, drudge through this like shallow river and they were being pursued by a helicopter. The plane was flying about 25 feet from the ground while it was hovering, and there's explosions going off. And they, the explosions got a little too close to the, the plane. Oh. And it hit the, like, tail rotor. So it detached from the plane's tail, and the helicopter spun out of control. While that happened, Morrow dropped one of the kids and, like, kind of tried to reach out and pull him back up. The helicopter came down as he was doing that. And it decapitated Morrow and Lei while Chen was crushed to death. Holy wow. A lot of people blame Landis. Wait, so not just the actors died. What about the helicopter? Everybody in the helicopter was fine. Wow. Yeah, everybody in the helicopter was fine. Okay, keep going. Whew. Terrific. Landis, he had a very cavalier attitude about shooting the scenes. In fact, like while the explosives were going off, there are people who claim, and even the parents who were there, claimed that like he was like shouting, go lower, like to the helicopter to get lower. And like when they did a number of tests for this scene without the actors. Like, the people in the helicopter were kind of like, we're getting, feels like we're, it's like, uh, they're getting a little too close to these explosives. I don't know about this. Mm. And Landis's reaction to that was, you ain't seen nothing yet, which many people say that's like a direct quote from him. He also violated child labor laws by filming with those children because they did this after midnight. Oh, my God. What year was this again? So they filmed it in 1980. This was filming in 19, July 1982. Wow. The parents, they asked, like, before the scene, a shot, like, is this going to be dangerous? They had no idea that they explode. They didn't tell them about the explosives that were going on. Of course not. They didn't even, they testified that they didn't know, they testified in court they had no idea that these explosives were going to go off or that the helicopter was going to be involved. They just asked, like, is it going to be safe for the children to be in this movie? And they're like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, should have fully disclosed everything that was going to be happening around them. As a result, Landis and four other crew members were charged with involuntary manslaughter. Mm Mm-hmm. Good. (laughs) However, they were ultimately acquitted. Fortunately, the families of Morrow and the children did receive compensation through civil lawsuits but landis or anybody else didn't serve jail time i don't want to say i mean everything you read about landis he seems like an asshole like i can't know for sure that like this is all his fault but it does see seem the way it's been reported on and everything that he didn't really take every measure to ensure their safety it sounds like from the way you said that that he was even being told that it almost like the crew members felt like they couldn't even tell him that what he was doing was too dangerous. It's funny that you bring that up. There is, so Shudder 
has a series called Cursed Films, and the ser- the season finale of the first season is about the Twilight Zone movie, mm. and about this incident, and there is a guy who worked on the film who says that, like, you couldn't tell him. You couldn't tell Landis anything. Yeah, he, like, he sounds like a dictator. Yeah, like, he doesn't care. Did that movie ever come out? Oh, yeah, it came out. And, like, you, Dick Morrow's they in the movie. Oh. No, no, like, he's in the movie. Yeah. So was this, like, one of the later scenes, I guess, that they filmed? So the way the Twilight Zone movie was, it's an anthology movie. Like, there's other people in the industry that could not stand Landis, like Orson Welles, the legendary director of Citizen mm-hmm. Kane, in a book, uh, a biography about him called My Lunches with Orson. Welles refers to Landis as an asshole, as the asshole from Animal House. <laughs> and he claim, also claims that Landis phoned him on the day he was indicted for that to give him advice about a script that Welles was writing. <laughs> wow. Steven Spielberg, who was a friend of his and a producer of the Twilight Zone movie, ended his friendship with him after that. Good. Eddie Murphy, in an interview with Playboy, I'm going to read you direct quotes from that. Murphy says, as it turned out, John, referring to Landis, always resented that I hadn't gone to his Twilight Zone trial. I never knew that. I thought we were cool, but he'd been harboring it for a year, and every now and then he would make little rem- remarks like, you didn't help me out, you didn't realize how close I was to going to jail. I never paid any mind. Murphy then kind of goes on to, like, basically blame Landis for the incident. He says, I don't want to say who was guilty or who was innocent, but if you're directing a movie and two kids get their heads chopped off, which was actually Morrow and one of the kids, at 12 o'clock at night, when there ain't supposed to be kids working, and you said action, then you have some sort of responsibility. Hell so yeah. my pr- principals wouldn't let me go down there and sit in court. That's just the way I am. So were there any um, reports about how he, how his um, behavior was on this movie, on American Werewolf? Not that I've really seen. Nothing no- juicy? Nothing. <laughs> nothing juicy, if you, if you will. Yeah. That's, that's wild. So he... After this movie, like, he still, like, he had a pretty good career till the end of the 80s. And then after, like, a lot of those lawsuits settled, he, his career fizzled out pretty much. And today he, yeah, he's not really, he doesn't have much of a career at all. Okay. But he wrote this movie. I'm sorry. He wrote and directed this <laughs> movie. And his son is a whole another story. I'll just say that he's, his son, Max Landis, has been accused of sexual and emotional abuse by multiple women. Wow, sounds like a lovely, well-adjusted family. <laughs> and in this movie, there's a scene where nurse Ale- the nurse Alex, she gets slapped on the ass by a kid. Mm-hmm. And I even said, like, did she get slapped? Did that kid slap her on the ass? And I and, said, sure did. And in my head, if this movie would have came out like 10 or so years later, I was like, man, it probably would have been Max Landis <laughs> slapping her Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the Landis family. Fantastic. Is Max Landis in film? Oh, he's done. His career uh, went down the toilet, too, after, after those, those accusations came up. Okay. Well, let's move on to the stars of the film. Yeah. David Naughton, who played David. He, he, he killed it. I thought he was great. 
I get every time I see this movie, I'm like, him and Griffin Dunn look the almost exactly the same to me. Who's Griffin Dunn, the one who plays Jack? Yeah, yeah. No, I think David looks like a young Sylvester Stallone. I don't know about that. One hundred percent less muscly, but he looks like there were some scenes. Like there's a specific scene. Where he looks exactly like him. Let me see. Oh, when Nurse Price, when Alex Price reads to him in the hospital room, when she's like forced to stay with him, he looks exactly like Sylvester Stallone in that scene. What makes you think he looks like Sylvester Stallone? Is it his mannerisms? Is it just the way he looks? Um, Not his mannerisms, but it is like the feathered dark hair and his face shape, which is kind of rectangular. I'm showing Michael a picture of a young Sylvester Stallone right now. And I'll post a side-by-side. The the, the hair, that's about it. The The hair and the face. I'll put a side-by-side on Instagram. Let me find a picture of young, what's his name, David Naughton? Yes. N-A-U-G-H-T-O-N. Oh, God, he's old now. (laughs) (laughs) You show me a picture of Sylvester Stallone when he was, like, in his 30s or 40s, and then you're going to... He looks more like Al Pacino in Serpico. Oh, wow. He really does look like Al Pacino in this picture that I found. But anyway, I'll have to post it on Instagram, a side-by-side of them. Wow. The more that now that you've said Al Pacino, I can't stop looking at him. (laughs) That's how I see it now. But anyway, (laughs) I liked him a lot. You like David Naughton? I thought he was great. I thought he was very charming. Yeah, he's good. I like the. I prefer the banter between him and Jack. Oh and, yeah, than the nurse. And with Alex, yeah. Alex was like a sack of potatoes. That's that's how how uh, interesting she was to me. I knew you were gonna love her. I forgot how useless she was. So boring. <laughs> you know how much I hate useless women in movies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, don't just put a pretty face in the movie just to have one. I like the other nurse better. At least she had some attitude on her. And she says, um, <laughs> she, on, I think he's a Jew. <laughs> I think he's a Jew. I got a good look down there. <laughs> uh, it's uh, becoming more common. <laughs> which leads me to say that's why they didn't shoot any full frontal shots because he's, he's supposed to be Jewish and he was uncircumcised. Wait, I thought Jews were circumcised. But David Naughton. Oh, that's why they weren't sh- <laughs> so confused by that. Maybe. <laughs> no, I mean, that's what's what that, that's apparently why. They oh, that really is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why we don't get any dong. I mean, I just figured it was... You just didn't need to see it. <laughs> but he... At the time, David Naughton... did Nott- actually get some dong in there, though. You maybe get, like... From a, afar. A, like, a glancing look at it, but there's no, like... There's no close-up. Yeah, nothing. it's not like you can see it. It's yeah. just you see his... His bush. His, a huge bush. At the time, he was starring in Dr. Pepper commercials. And then <laughs> Dr. Pepper saw this movie, they're like, get him out of here. It's not family friendly yeah. anymore. We've seen his ass. <laughs> get that guy out of our Dr. Pepper commercial. <laughs> Only assless people drink Dr. Pepper. <laughs> they're going to think it makes you look fat. Oh, that was so good. Um... <laughs> It was okay. <laughs> anyway. And then we got Griffin Dunn, who plays Jack Goodman. Yeah, he was good, too. I prefer Griffin. I like Griffin Dunn a lot. I like him um, a lot in Martin Scorsese's After Hours. Great comedy. Uh, I'll have to show you that at some point. 
but he's he's kind of a journeyman actor. He's done a lot of like guest starring role or guest roles in TV shows like Frasier and Seinfeld. Oh. He he's also directed some movies. He directed. Uh, I don't even know if I should say another favorite of yours, or you might not even enjoy it because after the Blues Brothers, but he directed Practical Magic. <gasps> I do love Practical Magic, but that's not in my top mo- favorite movies. <laughs> it is a favorite, though. He might be most well known today for This Is Us. He's got a. He's been in a lot of episodes of This Is Us. Yeah, surprisingly, I've not watched that, so I don't know. I've had to I had to watch like the first three seasons of that. Oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, there's some cool like Pittsburgh stuff, but other than I that, know. I'm like, oh god. And I love Vi- Milo Ventimiglia. <laughs> my my first celebrity crush. We just talked about that the other day. And I was like, I was like the guy from This Is Us, <laughs> which is funny. He <laughs> plays Rocky's son in the Rocky movie, so another Sylvester oh, yeah, Stallone reference. That. And he looks a lot like Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Um, they both have the mouth thing, like they're like. I would say faces like. I would say I'd give David Naughton over Milo. I don't know about that. Sylvester Stallone is kind of like I don't know he. Hot. (sighs) See, I never would imagine anybody saying that about Sylvester Sylvester Stallone. What? Yeah, I always thought. My uh, mom was like the president of Sylvester Stallone fan club in her high school. Not kidding. I think you told me this before. How many people were in that club? I'm sure it was just her. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I'll ask her. Yeah, maybe she'll listen and tell us. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. That's enough Sylvester Stallone <laughs> talk for one episode. <laughs> but who knows if we'll ever get a chance to talk about him in this, this show. Yeah, we'll do a uh, whole uh, Rambo, I guess. It's not a horror movie. Not really. No, and I've seen Rambo a lot of times, so I don't know. Okay. We're about 30 minutes into this, so I guess we should start talking about the story, huh? Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Jack and I were not attacked by a man. It's an animal. A wolf. Did he say a wolf? Yes, I believe he did. So we get a little um, Jim O'Rourke in memorial credit. Yeah, what? What's he was. That? He, I, I don't. I don't even know who he was until I did research for this movie. He, he was a producer on John Landis's first movie, Schlock. Hmm. And he died right before they started filming this movie. Okay. Yeah. The first thing you see on the screen after playing this movie is in memory of. Oh, yeah, it, Jim says, it says for Jim O'Rourke. Okay. Yeah. Then we meet Jack and David, David and Jack. Yeah, I guess they're on like a backpacking trip through Yeah, they're on England one of those or Europe. rich kid, like find yourself. Yeah, like graduate from high school. You have the I think summer. college. I think they graduated from college. Oh, maybe it was college. I, I would say they definitely look more like college age folks. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if yeah, they were yeah. calling them 18-year-olds. Yeah. Um, I think one of them, one of them wears an NYU. Uh, David oh, yeah, wears David. An NYU he wears an NYU hoodie sweatshirt. Or shirt. Yeah. yeah. Later on, when he gets locked out of the... Oh, yeah, I think they gotta be college. Yeah, you might be right. I like their banter. I like their chemistry together. They were fun. They seemed like sorority brothers or something. Sorority? Or, what is it? Fraternity brothers. (laughs) Wow, I didn't even (laughs) catch that I said that. 
so progressive. Oh, <laughs> I think no, no. I I've I seen no women idea. being in fraternities before, like engineering fraternities. What? There's like engineering fraternity. What the hell is an engineering fraternity? A fraternity for engineers. That sounds terrible. Sounds like the most boring people ever. Don't you think? Don't you think? You know, no anyone can party, Michael. You don't have to be. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be stupid to party. <laughs> I'm not saying engineering people are smart. <laughs> I'm just saying that they're places. I haven't met many engineering students that I was like, wow, I. I want to party with you. <laughs> but I'm sure there are other women there. <laughs> I'm sure there's engineering folks I'd like. My brother and sister-in-law are I forgot about that, yeah. Anyway, they end up at the Slaughtered Lamb. Yeah, I thought that was a cool name. And I like how they, like, they're... Their so logo is a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, their logo's a werewolf full of, like, blood all around them. But I like how they, they start off in the movie riding in a truck full of sheep. And then there's more sheep on the, f- um, on the, I was going to say on the floor, on the ground, like walking in the road. Um, yeah, in the field. Yeah. This reminded me of when I went to England. That's exactly what it looked like. Like there were just sheep everywhere. Sheep upon sheep. Was this filmed in England? Yeah. Okay. The whole thing? The whole thing? I, I think, mo- I mean, there's a lot of English actors in this too. Yeah. I noticed. I did notice. Unless they were all fake. Putting a, on lot, a lot of them were authentic. <laughs> putting on their best Cockney accents. Yeah, they were. They, yeah, it's all. It was. You know, all filmed in the UK, Wales. Oh. England. Yeah, so they end up at the slaughtered lamb. And everybody knows something, but they don't want to tell you. Yeah. It, uh, did you like that? Did you like? Did you? I, I think it's funny. <laughs> I like the bartender lady. I thought she was cool. And what's up with this movie and darts? There are several scenes of people playing darts. Like later on when David's flipping through the channels and he like flips through a Like a dart a world championship yeah, or something. A dart ca- <laughs> championship. And that guy's constantly, constantly playing darts in the pub. Getting that triple twenty. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the English love their darts. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't and know. The one, and the, there's one episode of Frasier where he goes to an English bar because that's where Daphne likes to <laughs> frequent. Okay. And they're they're all about playing darts. I don't Weird. know. Weird. Maybe the Eng- I guess the English love their darts. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> if you're English, let us know. <laughs> yeah, please. I would love. Are you that. guys obsessed with darts? Mainly middle aged. English folk that play that wear those Men. little newspaper hats, cabbie hats. Yeah, cabbie. Hats. <laughs> I think of a newspaper boy. Extra, extra. <laughs> and then when they feel unwelcomed, they leave the pub. Yeah, it takes them a little bit. I think because they, I guess, because they were just so tired and cold, they were like, I don't care if they're mad at us for being in here. We're staying yeah. in here. Um, and they have that uh, pentagram on the wall, but they call it a. Pentangle, mm-hmm. so Jack calls it. I thought that was funny. <laughs> so I did like all the references of the folklore of werewolves. I did appreciate that a lot because they talk about it throughout the movie, like the history of werewolves. And I thought that was nice to have yeah. some information instead of just going straight. But otherwise, or I'm sorry, but I don't like how they don't really talk about how 
the town were like there was only that one werewolf and then they killed him but the it just seems but very what? weird what isn't there why if the town was so hell-bent on keeping this secret about this werewolf being around wouldn't there be like a whole community of werewolves aren't they well i think the way this works is that you only get turned into a werewolf after you've been attacked by one and yeah. live and the other one dies. Yeah, so why isn't there why aren't there more werewolves? Well, like I was saying, it seems like the only way for it to be passed on is for the other one to die. But that doesn't make any sense. How? Unless that werewolf's been wolfing there for a long time and just has never well, I'm sure it left gets one survivor. I'm sure it gets passed on and on. Just, and just on. one survive, one werewolf at, at any given time. There can only be one. Yeah, that doesn't seem right. Seemed very weird. It didn't seem weird to you. No. So this town knows that there's just one werewolf every now and then. Just one, well, but we don't know which it one it is. It keeps getting passed on to one person. To, uh, that doesn't make any sense. How does it not make any sense? We saw it happen. It doesn't make any sense. I thought that it was going to be it's like a, a whole movie. community okay, of werewolves. <laughs> but they're it's keeping called, the secret. It's not called wolf. werewolves in London. I know. It's called werewolves. Un-American <laughs> and wo- uh, yeah. werewolf in London. Were there any other Americans besides the consulate guy, Mr. Collins? No. It seemed very weird that this town was secluded, but they're, like, protecting one werewolf. But then they kill the werewolf when he attacks Jack and David. But then they know that David's becoming a werewolf. But then there's not any other werewolves in that town. But then that town is still secretive about the other werewolf that they already killed. Makes absolutely no sense. they're secretive about the other werewolf that They didn't want to tell the police about the werewolves uh, at all. They didn't want to tell the police that... They dressed the wounds that David had mm-hmm. before they sent him to the hospital. If it's just about this one werewolf, which they literally shot and killed while he tried, or wh- I'm sorry, while he succeeded in killing Jack, mm-hmm. what's the point? What do you mean, what's the point? What's the point in keeping it a secret if there aren't any more? I guess they don't want their town to be known as the werewolf town, is my guess. Oh my God, that's so stupid. I, I just like. don't. I just don't. I, I just like. I just say this is going back to. I think we talked about this in the first episode. Like, you got to stop getting so wrapped up in these small little details that is yeah. not. It's not really what the movie's about. No, but I think it could have been. I think they could have gotten rid of all well, the Nurse Alex stuff. This could have been a better movie. I thought it was boring. I would have liked to have known more about this town. Why? How did this werewolf get there? Why didn't yeah, well, Why didn't David go back to that town to turn into a werewolf? Why did he have to go back with Nurse Price? It doesn't make any sense. Well, why would he go back to that town? I don't know. Why did he go back with the nurse that just... Because it's the only person who was friendly to him. And I don't know. That, this could have been a better movie. I could have been way more interested in this movie. You So you wanted to learn more about the werewolf lore. Yeah. <laughs> Not, yeah, that and yeah, the town and how they happened upon this werewolf i want to know i just didn't i see that's not it's not this movie is supposed to, it's it's a party movie like i said like there's a lot of great tunes going on it's got snappy dialogue like it's fun it's not and it's not supposed to be about about the, yeah but the they didn't really do the, the fun part very well i thought what do you mean i, I didn't think it was that fun i did like the underground scenes 
Or you mean the subway scene? Yeah, it's called the underground. Whatever. I don't care. The what they, London I don't care underground. What they, I don't care the what they tube. call it there. I don't give a shit what those prints call it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, the subway scene. Yeah, the underground scene um, was really cool. Yeah, that's probably the scariest part of the movie. I love how it's done. You hear him howling. And yeah, sounding like a freaking pterodactyl. That's how his how. That's a better way to describe it because I just passed through my notes and I saw that I compared the howling to dinosaurs. It literally sounds like the dinosaurs, quote unquote, howling in Jurassic Park. Well, in Jurassic Park, they take it from an, like actual animals. <laughs> I want to know what animals because I bet it's a dying deer. I doubt it. It's in Jurassic Park. I know. I don't think they like take like lions roars and other stuff like that. Distort it. Yeah, I would have rather it. a lion roar. Then like a werewolf. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Jack gets gets killed. David lives after being attacked by it, and the townspeople shoot and kill the original werewolf. It this kind of reminds me of <laughs> comparing it to the Hulk is like when the Hulk comparing it to the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, the werewolves. Hulk. I'm comparing the werewolves to the Hulk. They get like oh, completely, yeah, like naked, like all the clothes gets off of them. And then whenever they turn back, they just are the shriveled little human. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. My friend Jack was just here. <gasps> Your dead friend, Jack. Hi, David. He told me that I will become a monster in two days. So Jack's dead. David's in the hospital. What do you think about the dream sequences? Well, he's in the hospital. Yeah, so he has this one nightmare with monsters, like, coming into his house. I didn't like all the monster masks. I think that they looked oh, stupid. I thought they were so cool. They're, like, they're monster Nazis. It was so cool. Oh, yeah, they're Nazis. They're Nazis. Huh. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't like the masks. What the, what, what was wrong with the masks? Mm, they just, they just looked like masks. They mm. looked like Halloween costumes. They didn't look like real good. Like uh, they did so well with the special effects on the werewolf and and the makeup on Dead Jack that I feel like they just went the cheap way out or the easy way out with these masks on the monsters, which oh, I'm sure no. they did. I thought, I thought they looked really cool. Yeah. Did you like that sequence, or did you oh, expect I like that? No, I didn't. I, I liked that he was having nightmares. I thought that was Well, I meant, cool. like, the specifically, like, the Nazi. No, I, well, first of all, I didn't know they were Nazis. I didn't I didn't connect that. Um, I like that the Muppets were on in the background. See, it's a party. The Muppets, you know it's a party <laughs> movie when the Muppets and Frank Oz show up. Yeah. <laughs> and I did, like, uh, the scene of him... Having the dream where he's like naked running through the woods and then attacks mm -hmm. a deer. That was really good. Those were kind of scary. Those were pretty spooky. Yeah, I think it I, I think it balances the comedy and the horror pretty well. Even though you don't think it's a funny movie. <laughs> and eventually David is well enough to leave the hospital. Mm-hmm. Doesn't know where to go. So thankfully, we got Nurse Alex to bring him home. Yeah, she's like, oh, you can come <laughs> sleep in my house or whatever she says. <laughs> I'm like, this is the most unprofessional. I knew you'd, I knew you'd love it. <laughs> I hated it. And they get down dirty. Oh, they sure do. Do you love them, like, uh, in the shower? 
yeah nibbling at each other's <laughs> shoulders for like five minutes straight that's all they did was like stand underneath the shower and bite each other's shoulders it's so weird i ha- i thought they had no chemistry together i was like i'd um, rather seen ja- i'd rather see jack and david in the shower biting each other's shoulders <laughs> than see him with nurse price <laughs> They probably would have had more chemistry. They really would have. I would have loved to have seen that. Well, you can do the remake of an American A gay werewolf. American werewolf in London. It'd be much more fun. Talk about a party movie. <laughs> I <So> like <laughs> there's this one scene <laughs> where Nurse Price comes in and David and her Oh yeah. This is right before they go to Nurse Price's house. And um Nurse Price goes to check on David, and he just kisses her and goes, I'm a werewolf. <laughs> He's fun. Yeah, that was pretty good. I'm not having any fun here, but... Oh, did you like Did you like all the punks on the on the subway train? Oh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I like the guy with the purple mohawk. See, it's a party movie. Like, I, I keep telling you it's a party movie, you and, sure you keep, and I keep proving you wrong. You keep proving yourself wrong. <laughs> well, I did like all the punks on the tube. That was fun. <laughs> I liked that reference. To what? The 80s. The early 80s punk. The movie in which it was filmed and such. (laughs) Somebody kill me. (laughs) You know, Michael wanted to do this episode by himself. I think he should just finish it by himself. (laughs) I didn't want to do it by myself. You said, I'm going to do it by myself. Because you were giving me a hard time. You called me a deranged monkey. Oh, my God. It was all good fun. And the Charmin bear. (laughs) I didn't call you. I said you should be a Charmin bear. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a werewolf. You're going to change. You'll kill people. You'll become. I know monster so jack visits david in alex's home tells him tomorrow night's the night you better kill yourself you better yeah he keeps telling him to kill himself i'm glad he didn't kill himself i wanted to see him as a monster oh we have no movie if he i know <laughs> i'm just saying i kept going like don't kill yourself david <laughs> poor david jack yelling at you to kill yourself and then david he can't eat yeah, what was with that? I didn't really understand that. Think why? about it. I want you to think about it for a second. Why can't he eat? Why was he hungry? What is he hungry for? Human. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought that was only like a vampire thing. He rips the people to shreds. Yeah. Could <laughs> <laughs> have eaten like a steak or something. It's not the same. Yeah. And then we get, I think, maybe... The best use of Bad Moon Rising in any movie. <laughs> yeah. Which you, for some reason, did not enjoy. No, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was way too loud. It's a it's a party movie. <laughs> I was like... If you're playing Bad Moon Rising in a movie, you can't just play it silently. I was Especially in this movie. I was You're supposed to be. You're supposed to be like, oh, yeah. Well, I was more like, oh, my God, turn this down. <laughs> We're 900 years old. I'm not. <laughs> then we get the transformation scene. Yeah. Some of the best... Oh, practical 
you're right with Special the sounds. The sounds were really good with his bones sound, shifting, uh, his his hands stretching, his feet that sound stretching design out. is so good. It's amazing. Oh, some of the best, some of the best in cinema history. And oh, this is when we get the cool um, underground scene where he's attacking. Uh, the guy in the subway, and we get to see all these cool I old love, ads. I also love the the guy in this. I love the actor. Like, I think he does really well. Oh yeah, we see him later on too at the porno theater. Porno theater, yeah. I just, I really, he plays that off so well. Like he really, he's really. Like, I'm gonna report he's this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought he that. did well. That's one of the. That's the second best scene of the movie. I like that scene a lot. I liked looking at all the. I po- wish we would have got more something, some more of that. Something like him stalking his prey like that. Yeah, that would have been nice. And when More you see at the e- at the end, like that shot down the escalator, if you could yeah. you finally get like a good look at him, but it's so quick and this it's is over. Definitely where we see the best camera work, I feel, in the whole movie with the different angles throughout the the guy running through the the halls of yeah. the subway. Yeah, yeah. Th- those angles were fantastic. And in your right, well shot. Yeah, if it did make it seem scary. Um, but I did like the, what I was going to say is I like the posters in the background, the all ad, the ads, advertisements, the Marlboro Reds, the Wendy's ad that you saw. <laughs> it was pretty cool. It definitely made it feel like a eighties movie. I know that cause it was an eighties movie. <laughs> and then David wakes up in the zoo. Yeah. I like that. That's really funny. So that's might be the funniest sequence. I still know how he got out of the zoo. <laughs> Oh yeah, he climbed out of the yeah, he, the cage. He slept yeah. in the wolf's cage. <laughs> I loved that. I loved that he woke up in the zoo. He should have just gone to the zoo in the first place. You, Skip Nurse Price. Just lived at the zoo. Just live at the he zoo. He didn't know he's a werewolf yet. He knew he was a werewolf. He well. kissed her and said, "I'm a werewolf." He knew he was a fucking werewolf. He, had a good idea. he just hadn't turned yet. Later on, he goes to the porno theater. Mm-hmm. Because he sees like jack standing outside of the this is a really funny scene you got porn playing in the background he's talking to jack and then he meets the six victims from the night before he killed yeah he killed the night before i love how they're they're sh- they're giving him suggestions of how to kill himself especially yeah <laughs> I, I love the guy in the subway yeah. And and the, the couple, the first couple, the first two people he killed, I thought they were they're the just drown they're, yourself. <laughs> they're very charming. Yeah. Oh yeah, I totally forgot about the the man and the woman from outside the party thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that they were just like, uh, take a knife, get a gun, throw yourself in front of the tube. <laughs> and then he transforms again. And I love that he's killing people while there's an actual porn playing <laughs> on the screen behind him. <laughs> I did like all the mayhem he causes in Piccadilly Circus once he gets out of the theater. Mm-hmm. And like there's just cars crashing into each other, buses crashing into people, uh, people getting ran over, people running into other people. It was fantastic. The domino effect. It's a party movie. Oh my God, say party movie one more time. <laughs> and then David gets cornered into a dead end. And Alex... I'm like Alex confronts him. Alex with, yeah. bursting through the police like with the barricade it was Kinda, so yeah. stupid and she's like, I love you. <laughs> I'm like, you've known this guy for like three weeks and two of those weeks he was in a coma. But cool, go off, sis. <laughs> yeah, I I could do without that. 
at the end. That that whole nurse price thing I could have done. She should have never left the hospital. <laughs> and then, of course, he gets shot. Yeah, they get they dispose of him. Yeah. Turns back to a human. Overall, final thoughts. Star rating. Go ahead. Uh, you know, the more we talked about it through this episode, the more I liked it. So I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. What were you going to say before? A three. Well, that's not that. You still liked it then. I still liked it. But the more we talked about it, the more I liked it. I kind of want to see it again now. You want to see it again now? Yeah. Why? Why do you want to see it again? To see if it really is a party movie. And I just missed <laughs> out on this party movie. <laughs> what about you? So, I mean, yeah, four, four out of five. I mean, it has the best werewolf transformation in all of cinema. One of the greatest practical effects moments in cinema. You know, we never actually talked about your first time seeing this movie. So, this movie, I don't have a... It's one of those I don't have a long history with. I don't have... I didn't, like, see it as a kid. I saw it four years ago for the first time. Okay. I don't know. I don't know why I came so late to it, honestly. It definitely seems like your kind of movie. Like I said, it's a it's a party movie. It's a blast. Yeah, we could do without the shoehorn romance or maybe a better romance. Um, no. like Or romance between David and Jack. <laughs> I like the chemistry between Griffin Dunn, David Naughton. It's an overall fun time, man. I mean, like I said, it has the, the best use of Bad Moon Rising in film. Oh, just when that, when that kicks in, <laughs> I love it so much. And, and the peppy song at the credits. Yeah, all the great soundtrack. All of the songs have the word moon in it. Yeah, <laughs> Beware the Moon, lads. Probably my favorite werewolf movie. I don't have many werewolf movies, but yeah, yeah so far. <laughs> yeah, we'll say this is my favorite, too. Since <laughs> Twilight. Well, well we uh, encourage you guys to watch An American Werewolf in London and let us know what your thoughts are. And as always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter for now. <laughs> and make sure to rate us and follow along on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next Friday uh, for Lake Mungo, our first found footage movie for the podcast. Isn't that a Pittsburgh movie? No. Okay, then never mind. <laughs> All right. We're ready for this found footage.